My name is Sophie, and I just had my period in class. It was on a very dull and boring Monday. Everything seemed to be going bad for me. When I woke up earlier in the morning, I slammed my first toe into my bathroom's door in a bid to take my toothbrush. That wasn't all. There was no hot water. Ah! I screamed out loud. I jumped out of the bathroom as I picked my towel and managed to cover my body. Angrily, I called out for my mom, and this time, she allowed me to use her own bathroom. I hurried myself in, and in a matter of minutes, I was done taking my bath. I was having cramp. I wasn't sure why my stomach just ached. Maybe because of something I ate. Later, my mom had packed my bags, and most of the time, she tried her possible best to cheer me up, but it barely worked out. We sat inside her car, and I was moody throughout the journey to school. Sophie, my mom tapped my thigh. It's going to be fine, she added. I smiled, and without saying anything, I got out of the car. I made my way to my classroom and located my usual seat just at the front. I didn't know why, but I was just not in the mood for anything. The classes felt very long, and I barely grasped a thing. As soon as the bell rang, I made my way to the cafe to get myself something to eat. Suddenly, I heard some kids laughing behind me. My friend looked at me in shock and told me to look down, and when I did, I realized that my white dress and legs were completely covered in blood. It turned out that the cramps were the sign of my first period, and it ended up being a period disaster. My friends quickly brought me into the bathroom and helped me find a pad. I was so embarrassed, so I called my mom and asked her to pick me up from the school. On the way home, I checked out my social media, my Snapchat account, to see if anyone had posted anything about me, and I was so upset to see pictures of myself in my blood-stained dress online. Although I was very upset and embarrassed about what had happened, my mom made me feel better by ordering a pizza and watching movies with her. We joked about what had happened, and I felt very lucky that I had amazing friends who came to my rescue during my period disaster. Hi. My name is Alice, and what I'm about to tell you might sound strange, but I wish I was ugly. I am what many people consider beautiful. I know that might sound a bit pretentious, but my experience has led me to believe that this is how most people perceive me to be at first glance. It all started when I was a baby. A lot of people would come up to my mom and comment on how beautiful her child looked. Of course, it seems pretty normal to compliment on a baby's appearance. After all, who doesn't love babies? But that attention did not wane over time. When I was three, my mom was asked by a friend who works in show business if she would be willing to enter me into a children's beauty pageant. As I grew older and hit puberty, the attention I got only increased. Older boys started approaching me in the street to get to know me. Girls would say mean things about me behind my back, and one of my aunts even remarked on how I shouldn't concentrate too much on my studies since I could get by on my looks alone. When I entered high school, I developed a love of writing and studying algebra, and I excelled at sports, but nobody seemed to care at all about my interests or grades. Already, I was stereotyped as a blonde with more beauty than brains, which was far from the actual truth. All of this made me feel very distressed and anxious. I developed an insecurity about my good looks. I started to alienate myself from those around me. I became withdrawn and introverted. I changed my dressing and started wearing loose clothes, 
ones that wouldn't accentuate my curves or chest. Another problem with being too pretty is that people develop preconceived notions about your personality and character. Many of the boys who talked to me were only interested in my appearance, and they did not seem to care or even comprehend how smart I was, or that my hobbies were different than going to parties or hanging out late at night with friends. I was also the envy of girls in my class who would gossip about me and spread disparaging rumors that would further hurt my reputation. Due to my unsociable behavior and the way my classmates felt about me, I didn't have many close friends. And because people around me were quick to discard my interests and ambition, I too, in turn, felt that maybe I wasn't good enough to pursue my dreams. And so, I decided that since the world was so bent on treating me as nothing more than a pretty face, I would act the part and play to people's expectations of what I should be and not what I am. I started wearing skimpy clothes, and when boys tried to flirt with me, I flirted back. I began wearing makeup and lipstick. I also joined in with other girls when they would gossip. I fell behind in my studies as I would often skip class and my grades suffered for it. Doing all of this did not make me happy. But at this point I was so tired of trying to prove myself to others that I just thought, why bother with any of this? If this is how I will always be treated, then maybe I should act accordingly. One day in my sophomore year, I was invited to a party at one of the popular students' house. Almost every other underclassman was present. I picked out the most alluring dress I owned, and as soon as I arrived, all eyes were on me. While I did look spectacular in my new dress, it also wasn't something that I was known to wear. And so, many heads were turned in my direction. At the same time, my insecurity resurfaced and I realized that this is not who I am. As I turned back to leave, one of the boys came up behind me and grabbed my butt. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. I broke down and started crying uncontrollably. Everyone present started snickering or whispering to each other while looking at me. Don't stare at me, I said out loud. With my eyes swollen and my body shaking, I ran out of there and drove back home. I didn't come out of my room for three days. After a few days, I begrudgingly went back to school, fearing what my classmates would say when they saw me after the scandal I had created. I was a bundle of nerves on my first day back, after a three-day hiatus since the incident occurred. But I met with the school's guidance counselor who was very gentle and receptive, and I opened up to her about my problem. I told her how it might sound egotistic or atypical to say that I was too pretty and that was the source of all my anguish, but she replied that it wasn't strange at all for me to be feeling this way. She said we could work on ways for me to be more comfortable in my own skin, and though it may take a long time, I would eventually learn to love myself as a person. Thankfully, things have gradually started looking up for me, I've gotten back to my studies and my grades have returned to how they were before. I've learned how to deal with my anxiety in a more positive way, and I no longer feel as perturbed by unwanted comments on my appearance. I even joined the literature club and the debate team so that I can gain more confidence in myself, and I've made a few friends there as well. There's still a long road ahead of me when it comes to dealing with my vulnerability and self-doubt but for now, I am happy with the path I've chosen.
Hi, my name is Julia, and that of my boyfriend is Neville. We both work together in the same organization. We also go for dinners, movies, do plenty of talking through the phone, and hold hands whenever we are together. We also have our holiday time spent together. And we do almost everything that other couples do. But not being married to one another was the only difference. Or should I say the gap that stood before us. Our first time meeting was as co-workers. And that's about a decade ago. We belonged to the same team, working under a discriminative boss. We frequently got involved in bitching session during our coffee breaks. We didn't even notice when we became friends. He had a girlfriend, and I was in a relationship too. So we never felt any kind of love or affection for each other. Neither was there an attraction towards each other. After a few years back though, we switched our job and began to work in different organizations. But we stayed in touch and never forgot to chat or talk on the phone. Because we had knowledge of everything that was happening in both of us lives, it made things quite smooth between us. My love relationship, on one hand, was starting to take a downturn these days. My boyfriend would feel jealous of me in every given opportunity. It became a torture for me to sustain the relationship. So I broke up with him and started living a free and happy life. On the other hand, Neville had proposed to his girlfriend for marriage and soon they would get married. So one day, he called me and told me about his wedding plans. And I told him about my breakup, but I made him understand that I was satisfied and wasn't feeling hurt. So we both decided to celebrate our happiness. Then later, we met on the same evening and went to a pub. In two to three shots, I was already feeling dazed, senseless, and couldn't remember much of what we did but I remember being seduced and we were making love in his car. We both didn't repel and we took pleasure in the act. We both felt that we were sexually compatible and we didn't feel guilty nor regret having sex. We took responsibility for action and agreed it was going to be the first and last time we had sex. But our desire increased to meet again just to have sex. We didn't feel that we are doing anything wrong even though all we felt was lust for each other. But still, we continued making love whenever we met. Finally, he got married to his girlfriend. But I never asked him to marry me, though, because I wasn't sure what I felt for him. Neither was he sure about our relationship. After his marriage, we still hooked up as often as we used to before. His marriage never affected our physical relationship, so it made no sense to stop just because he was married. Some days later, I suddenly started feeling jealous. He'd sleep with me, but go home to his wife. He would immediately run home whenever he receives his wife's calls. And he was always with his wife most of the time. And I was just the other woman, hidden behind curtains and closed doors. Once he spends all his time with me, I tend to never bother about the feeling I have for him. But when his maximum time was for his wife, then I finally understood that I was in love with him. But I know it was too late. It's been four years since he got married, and he's still married to his wife. Yet, 
am still in love with him. I knew that he was truly committed to his wife. Leaving her is something against his ethics. Hence, he was living a dual life. We know we may never get married, but that's fine. We're in love and happy with each other's company. Marriage won't and can't change anything. Well, I'm the woman he loves, the one he wants to be with. Just because I'm not the one he married doesn't make me any less important. I don't expect anyone to believe that what we share is true love because not every relationship is meant for society's understanding and approval. Not every relationship leads to marriage and babies. Sometimes, two people may end up not getting married even though they're truly in love. But it, that does not imply they should let go of their love, right? Or don't you think so? I am 33, recently separated. The first man I dated following my separation was Simon, going on my first date with him just five days after I ended my marriage. Simon was unattractive to me, so much so that I had no idea how I'd get over it. I confessed to a friend shortly before our first date that I didn't know what I'd do if he kissed me. But Simon and I had a lot in common, and he made me laugh. When he kissed me, shortly after I walked through his front door, I squeezed my eyes shut and paid attention to his tongue. My husband, named Sean, unlike all the men I'd dated before him, was handsome. In the early days of us dating, Sean would often catch me looking at him. I felt surprised a man like him would be with a woman like me. I was an insecure, introverted, and nerdy 23-year-old when we first began dating. I often hid behind my glasses, slinging my hair over my face in a concerted effort to keep any attention off of me. Before the man that had become my husband, I'd mostly dated fellow intellectuals. Men with glasses, rail thin or chubby, men who never went to the gym or gave much thought to their own personal appearance. Sean was clean cut, preppy, just a few years older than me. What led to me filing for divorce had soured me to handsome men, to any men who might resemble a politician. Simon was the obvious converse. Eighteen years my senior, Simon was tanning bed tan and bald. He wore glasses with those transition lenses that took too long to lose their tint. And he always had visible nose hair, which he'd try to tuck back into his nostrils instead of just plucking. Early on in dating, I bought him a hair grooming kit, but in our short period of dating, he didn't take on the maintenance much himself. He was also set in his ways. Dressing up for him meant wearing short sleeve shirts unbuttoned at the top and oversized blazer. He carried a satchel with him always, refusing to take it off even when sitting down at a restaurant. Beyond the physical, Simon was repulsive in other ways. He slightly lifted his leg and farted on our second date with a well-timed <coughs> cough that he must have thought would cover it up. It didn't. He was hard of hearing, though he wouldn't admit it, and he talked exceptionally loud. He was cheap and vain, only allowing photos of himself to be taken from the neck up or at high angles to hide his large stomach or portray his face as thinner. He was also moody, resentful, and vindictive. But... I felt adored, worshipped by Simon. He told me constantly I was beautiful. He took photos of me when I wasn't looking, 
or made me pose because I'd worn a cute outfit. He'd read my poetry, and I loved it. He was interested in me. I fell in love with him in the way only reserved for those trying to escape pain. Stupidly. Recklessly. When people of Simon's acquaintance met me and were wowed by my looks, I blushed in enjoyment. Next to Simon, I was even more beautiful. I was a novelty, a person of curiosity, with more than one of his friends asking, in a not-so-discreet manner, why are you with him? Simon and I stayed in or went only to certain parts of town. Because we went out so little, I didn't have to see the looks. Those looks spurred the doubt that would lead to me breaking up with him. When Simon would introduce me to people as his girlfriend, they blinked at me in confusion. Or when people saw us in public, his hand on mine, they'd gawk, again confused. Was I his daughter? A friend? Whenever I'd catch another look, I'd find myself thinking, why am I with him? Clearly I shouldn't be. And as the divorce seemed closer to being resolved and our relationship could then be public, I started to realize I didn't want the world to know I was dating Simon. I felt too young, too beautiful, to be with a man the world saw not fit to be my match. I felt that I was using him to avoid the pain I knew I should be feeling after my divorce. My friends had warned me I should be single after my separation. Whenever I talked to them about my issues with Simon, they brought up that advice again gently. Whatever I had thought was love had faded. Every little thing Simon did began to annoy me. All of the things I'd overlooked before, like the fact he always carried a man purse and refused to wear a proper button-down, even for his job, weren't cute or quirky anymore. They were obnoxious. And without even those qualities for me to hold on to, he was no longer attractive to me at all. I used the normal reasons when I finally broke up with him. It wasn't him, it was me. The fact was that I did need time to myself, but I also wanted to touch and be touched by good-looking men, by young men, and I would never date someone I did not find attractive again. I did take the time I needed and did begin dating when I was ready to again. Now when I am out, I hold the hand of my exceedingly handsome boyfriend. He is muscular, rugged, with rich brown eyes and a smile with a darling dimple. More than one of my own friends or acquaintances has said to me, wow, he's a looker. I've never once gotten that look I saw whenever I was out with Simon. That look that made me question why I was with the person I was with. Subscribe to this channel to watch more such videos and press the bell icon for more updates.